good leader, a good minister. But in the book of 2 Timothy, he's trying to teach Timothy how to suffer. I know that's a word nobody wants to hear. But one of the best things that can happen to any child of God is your willingness to suffer with Christ. Would you believe the Bible said one of the famous verses in that book is when Paul himself cried out. He said, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. I don't know why this generation we're in, nobody wants to suffer. I can tell you I've been through some suffering in my life. And you know what I can tell you also? Suffering matures you. Suffering has a lot of benefits. I heard somebody sing, Andrew Crouch. He said, if I never had problems, I would never know that there is a God who can solve my problems. I would never know what faith in God could do. I'm not here trying to recommend for you to suffer. That's not my goal. But I'm trying to suggest to you, if you find yourself suffering, Count it joy. In fact, Apostle Paul said, count it all joy <laughs> when you go through. A lot of what we go through in life, it makes you to grow up. It makes you mature. It makes you to appreciate God. You have a better appreciation of who God is. I hate to tell you this, but it's true. The people of Israel, they don't come towards God. They don't turn to God until they go through suffering. As long as everything is going well for them, they will tell God, oh, we don't need you. We're fine. God will say, turn left. They say, oh, no, no, we're going right. But the moment they get in trouble, the moment they suffer, all of a sudden, they start running towards God. Now you can see why a little dose of suffering may do all of us good. People would tell me, Pastor, you must be very strong. Well, not trying to put myself down. I don't consider myself any, any different from anybody else. But when you've been through some hell, it will make a man out of you. Very few things scares me today because of life experience. God wants you to be a tough man, a tough woman of God. So Paul was a great success story. But one of his secrets is that he's been through a lot. He's been through sicknesses. He's, you know how he talks about a thorn in his flesh? Isn't it funny that he prayed to God for God to heal him of it? 
And God said, no, 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 no. But I want you to know my grace is sufficient for you. In this book, Paul wanted to let Timothy know why he should prepare himself to suffer. He started the book by greeting everybody. That's, that's Paul's style. You know, everybody have their own style of writing. Paul was saying, look, how is everybody doing? How is your mama? How is your grandma? He said, don't forget all what you have learned from your mama. He said, I know your grandmother. They're good people. They're Christian people. Take to heart what you've learned from them. By the way, I can stop on that note. This is what we call the greeting part of the book. I can stop there and have church. One of the best things that can ever happen to anybody is if you learn to pay attention to what your mama taught you. I know people just see their mother as mama. She took care of me. Oh, she carried me for nine months. Oh, she was there when I was a baby. But it's much more than that. Mothers are folks who pray for you. Mothers are those who are there when nobody is there. Mothers are those who will walk through the lion's den with you. These mothers, they will give up everything they've got to make sure that you live. They've made a lot of sacrifices. And who you and I are today, in large part, is due to what our mama taught us. So Paul started the book of 2 Timothy saying, look, your mother Eunice, I thank God for your mom. Listen to her. I've seen some kids, they're rebellious against their parents. Will you believe the Bible says that you honor your father? Not just your father, but you you need to honor your mother. And then the Bible tells you the reward that you get from that. He said two things God promised. Number one, you will live long. And number two, it shall be well with you. Ironically, if I ask you, do you want it to be well with you? Guess what? Everybody will raise their hand. Yes, me too. <laughs> but ask yourself another question. Have you been honorable towards your parents? Have you learned to honor your mama? Have you learned to honor your daddy? Here, Apostle Paul is starting the whole book to explain to Timothy, this is the way to go. This is what will make you a success story. This is what will make you propel to the top in life. This is what we establish you in ministry. I get tickled when I see some pastors who will tell me they don't get along with their own mother. What ministry are you going to have if you don't have the blessings of your mom? 
My friend, that's a powerful lesson to all of us. Then Apostle Paul began to, to admit up front. He said, I know I've won a lot of souls. But I also know I, I'm going from prison to prison. And he wants Timothy to know, I am not going to prison because I'm a criminal. Son, you need to understand the reason why I'm going from prison to prison is because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So going to prison is not really the issue. If you are being persecuted for righteousness sake, the Bible calls you blessed. In our society, we tend to look down on people who go to prison. We tend to stigmatize people who have been through the jail system. I guess it would be so nice, isn't it, if we are more loving, if we are more accepting one another. I happen to be familiar with the court system. You know, as a lawyer, I have to go to court. I have to see a lot of people in jail. And can I be honest with you? Many people in jail are much more nicer to me than those of you call yourself Christians. I'm just being honest with you. So don't judge the book by its cover. There are ministers in the jail. There are kind people in jail. There are people who love their family in jail. There are people who are in jail because they were trying to make things happen for their family. I'm not trying to defend wrongdoing. But I want you to know not everybody in jail is a criminal. Apostle Paul is trying to explain to Timothy, don't get it twisted. Because a lot of people they were withdrawing from the church because of Paul. They said, well, what kind of pastor is he? What kind of preacher? Every time you turn around, he's in jail. In Rome, they put him in jail. In Jerusalem, they put him in jail. Everywhere you go, they lock him. He must be a no good kind of person. And Paul is trying to make sure Timothy understands that's not necessarily the case. I just wonder... I tried to put myself in, 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 in Apostle Paul's shoes. Can you imagine if you pick up the, the newspaper tomorrow or you turn on the TV and you see my name there, they say, Reverend Dr. Joshua Joy Dara busted. I wonder how many of you will still say that's my pastor. I wonder how many people will say, I knew it was coming. <laughs> If I knew, I knew that way it's going to go down one day. But I want you to know, like Apostle Paul says, just because he's in jail does not make him a criminal. And then he says something profound to young Timothy. He said, have you considered the life of Jesus Christ? Guess what? Didn't he suffer himself? Of course he did. So suffering 
It's not necessarily bad if you're suffering for righteousness' sake. So, Apostle Paul said, to be honest with you, I am happy that I can suffer with Christ. He said, because I know if I suffer with him, I will also reign with him. I will tell you, many people are spoiled, rotten today because they've never been through anything. Even I get tickled when somebody will get called to the ministry and in two, three weeks later, he says he's a bishop. Bishop who? Where have you been? What have you been through? What are, what's suffering for the sake of Christ? Paul said, my body bears the mark. He said, I've got scars all over me. He said, I've been beaten for the sake of the gospel. Have you? Here you are, people tripping just because somebody says something ugly about you on Facebook. Now you don't want to go to church no more. Now you don't want to be a Christian no more. Now you don't want to fool with church people anymore. Really? Apostle Paul said, three times I was beaten. He said, one time I was stoned to death. And they, they stoned him and left him for death. He was thrown over a city wall. He was shipwrecked. Are you listening to me? He said, look, I got scars in my body to prove it. Believe me when I tell you, if you truly love God, you will endure some ugly stuff. Don't let nobody fool you. Being a Christian comes with some suffering. But if we suffer with him, we also will reign with him. Can I be brutally honest with you? Can you stand the truth? See, as I'm looking at you right now, one of my eyes is gone. You see, really? Yes. Guess what happened? I was preaching. Preaching my heart out, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then the veins in one of those eyes busted. That's how I lost the eye. So sometimes I tell people they see the glory, but they don't know the real story. If you're truly a child of God, it's going to cost you something. The enemy is always trying to look for ways to attack children of God. But hang in there. If you will learn to go through some of these things, believe me when I tell you, God's got your back. He's not the kind of God that will leave you hanging. He will not send you into the lion's den and, and don't show up. He will not let you go through the fairy funnies and don't show up. You can depend on him. You remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and the bad Negro? <laughs> they said, our God is able. They know without a doubt. They were not scared of the king. 
It says we will not bow because we have confidence in our God. Let me encourage you this evening. Learn to have confidence in your God. Apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy. He said, look, you're young, you're in ministry. Tough time will come. He said, hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give in. And I want to encourage somebody tonight. You may not be a preacher like me. You may not be a preacher like Paul or Timothy. But maybe you're going through some hard time right now. Sometimes rough time on your job. Sometimes hard times even in your marriage. Sometimes you're trying to raise some children and you're going through some hard time. Sometimes it may be your physical well-being, sicknesses and disease. One lady walked to me not too long ago and said, Pastor, please pray for me. I said, what happened, my sister? He said, I went to the hospital casually. And now they say this blockage in two of my arteries more than 90%. Now they have to rush me for open heart surgery. She said, I cannot believe it. And I pray with her, I say, my sister, one thing I can tell you, God will go with you. And if God is with you, everything will be all right. She went through that surgery She's out now. <laughs> the other day she texted me and she said, Pastor, not only am I out, I'm no longer in ICU. And she said, I'm in regular ward now. She gave me a room. So, thank you for your prayers. You know what I'm trying to tell you? God is faithful. Whatever you're going through right now, whether it's personal, whether it's public, whether it's family, whether it's job, whether it's finance, whether it's your health, or whatever it is, God's got your back. Believe me, I'm talking from personal experience. He will take care of you. He will vindicate you. He will bring you out of that situation. And if you, like me, you've had to cry sometimes, if you, you've had to, to endure affliction sometimes, he even promised, your God will wipe away all tears. And I pray for you today, my brother, my sister, that today will be the last day that you will have to shed tears. Not over your life, not over your children, not over your family, not over your business, not over your condition. I pray that God will wipe away all tears in your life. And everything the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around for your good. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting already. Apostle Paul made it very clear. He said, Timothy, don't worry about it if you have to suffer. At the end of the day, everything will be all right. Another thing I love about this book 
is Apostle Paul then began to pass the baton. He said, you know, I've been through a lot of jail, but this may be my last one. I may not even make it. He said, but I want you to know I love you. He said, I am now ready to be offered. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. He said, son, listen to me. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And guess what? I kept the faith. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know where you are in your Christian journey. But I can assure you, if you keep the faith, your faith will keep you. Oh, I wish I can testify. I wish I can just hang out with you, just the two of us. And I can tell you over and over and over again, God is faithful. If you keep your faith, your faith will keep you. Apostle Paul said, I have fought me a good fight. Have you ever been in a fight before? Say, I'm from the jungle. We fight. <laughs> so we don't we don't do like you Americans do. We don't be shooting ourselves. No. People don't shoot each other in Africa. We will fight, and when it's all over, we are brothers and sisters again. I don't know why you guys are trying to kill yourself. That doesn't make sense, you know. But you have to learn to fight. Your survivor depends on it. I was explaining to some of my students at the college, and they were shocked. I was telling them, in, in, in my neck of the wood, as a young man, when you get ready to marry, all the young men in the neighborhood will come up. They will take off your clothes and beat the crap out of you. And guess what we call it? We call it rite of passage. They want to prove your manhood to see if you are really ready to be trusted to that woman in your life. And I was confronting the student because now I'm, fa I'm faced with a bunch of young people. Many of them that say, no, I ain't marrying nobody. No, marriage is not for me. I don't want no children. I said, but when I was growing up, it was such an honor to be able to marry. In fact, it was so honorable that they wouldn't even let you marry any woman until you first prove that you can handle it. Now, they don't even ask you to prove nothing. And yet, many people have an attitude. You know what I'm trying to suggest to you, my friend? Life is like a warfare. And while you go through this life, 
fight a good fight. Keep your faith and finish your course. Apostle Paul is trying to advise this young man. He said, now nah, don't worry about me. My time has come. I may not make it back to visit you, but be assured that I'm now ready to be offered. He said, and I know the time of my departure has come. Think of that word departure. That's a nautical term, you know. In my church, we go on a cruise, you know. And the ship, they use nautical terms, nautical miles. You go to, one time we went to Galveston, Texas. Another time we departed from New Orleans. Another time we departed from somewhere in Florida. So when you see that ship, and we all go in, and then they untie the sheep, and the sheep begin to sail. And everybody is waving at us. We're waving at them. And then before you realize it, the sheep is moving kind of slow, slow, slow. Before you realize it, it will cross over to the horizon. Now, the people that you are seeing at the harbor, you don't see them no more. They cannot see the sheep. You would think the sheep disappear. No, the sheep is still sailing. And we start from one harbor, but we're heading to another harbor. The people in New Orleans, where we start, they're saying goodbye. But the people in Mexico or in Jamaica, where we're going, or in the Bahamas, when we show up, is welcome. Paul is saying, such is life. A new baby that is born today is just arriving. An old man that is dying today is departing. Paul is saying, the time of my departure has come. But let the record show, before I departed this planet, I fought me a good fight. Before you all put my name in memory, I finished my course. And guess what? I kept the faith. See, that word departure, ladies and gentlemen, is also a military term. If you don't believe me, talk to those who are in military. Whenever they go overseas, they set up their tents. But there comes a time when they have to pull down those tents. So when they pull down the tent, they pull it down so they can return back home or so they can move to another place. The United States just did the same thing recently, you know. And as you can see, we were in Afghanistan and then they departed from there and then they came back home. They shut down pull down their tent. The question that you need to be concerned about before you depart this planet, 
Will you do everything within your power to make it a better place? Will you be able to say like Apostle Paul that you fought a good fight? Will you be able to say or somebody be able to say concerning you that you finish your course? Not have done it, you finish your course. And you kept the faith. My prayer for you my prayer for me is that we will do everything within our power to do our best to live right. Be a good example to your children. Love your family. Love God. Work hard and keep your nose clean. Thank you for listening. I hope to see you again next week. May God bless you until we meet again. Amen.